and welcome to Crossview Radio, weekly podcast for Wayne County. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We exist to glorify God by exalting Christ and magnifying the gospel for the joy of all nations. Mankind is inescapably religious. You and I cannot help but think in religious categories. Try as hard as we may, we live in God's universe and God's rules have been baked into our DNA. It is a sad prospect indeed when the former Christian who has labored to get away from organized religion suddenly finds himself to have merely changed religion rather than escaping it. The social justice movement, or wokeism, or whatever you want to call it, is inescapably religious, and there is no way to make it anything else. Rush Dooney has a remarkably astute observation on this when he writes, quote, Man is inescapably religious. He may deny God, but all the categories of his life remain religious, and all are categories borrowed from the triune God. Since the only world man lives in is the world God created, his thinking, even in apostasy, is inevitably conditioned and governed by a God-given framework. Men may deny God's sovereignty, but they cannot stop believing in sovereignty. They merely transfer it to man or to the state. If the church ceases proclaiming the gospel, then religion does not perish. It reappears as politics or economics, and salvation continues to be offered to inescapably religious man, end quote. What this means is that we will never escape religion or religious categories. We will only change religion. So I would like to begin uh, today's podcast uh, here on the topic of the woke movement as it relates to being religious with a quote from Vody Bauckham in his book, Fault Lines. And he calls the woke movement a new body of divinity. And he says this, and uh, this is helpful because he's actually taking what Rush Dooney says and applying it to critical race theory and trying to draw connections between um, where their categories are religious. And so Vody Bauckham says, This new body of divinity, speaking of the woke movement, comes complete with its own cosmology, which is critical race theory and intersectionality, original sin, which is racism, law, which is anti-racism, gospel, which is racial reconciliation, martyrs, Trayvon Martin, uh, Breonna Taylor, etc., priests, oppressed minorities, means of atonement, reparations, the new birth, wokeness, liturgy, lament, canon or scripture, uh, social science, theologians, D'Angelo, Kendi, Crenshaw, etc., and catechism, say their names. Uh, similarly, Owen Strand in his book, Christianity and Wokeism, or Wokeness, offers several religious and philosophical categories. He says that their uh, anthropology is neo-paganism. Uh, there's no creator, no creation order. We are our own rulers. Uh, their own their um, uh, sexual ethics is that we express our own desires and all should approve. Their political theology is Marxist statism. Their metaphysics uh, is postmodern Darwinism. Uh, theology proper is uh, following our own hearts. Soteriology, um, we become our best self by doing the work. 
and uh, eschatology, utopian earth centrism. Uh, we make the earth right through social justice. Now, we could certainly spend a lot of time drilling down in each and every category, and that really isn't my purpose today. Um, and in addition, we could probably uh, adjust some of these categories in minor ways, and that's also not my purpose today. What my purpose is, though, is to simply acknowledge that one cannot escape religious categories. Uh, For the woke, there is still a sense of morality. There is still an understanding of sin. There is still an understanding of a way to repair that sin. There is still a standard for knowing truth. And there is still a goal for the eternal state. All of these things are copies of the true religion, and they are inescapable. We cannot think outside of these kinds of religious categories. Again, to quote Rush Dooney, he says, Cultural anthropologists have divided societies in terms of guilt and shame cultures and with reason. In other words, every society has an understanding of guilt or shame. So much so uh, do these things um, impact us that anthropologists say this is a guilt culture, this is a shame culture. Every society thinks in religious terms. We might say it this way. Every individual person knows that he or she bears guilt before a holy God. How that is expressed in each situation is to be explored, but every person knows it and every person wants to address it, to fix it. This is why social justice, again, inescapably religious, seeks to address guilt and shame and sin. It is inescapable for us to think in those categories. Now, Again, I'm not going to address every category here today, but I would like to explore, uh, maybe pick and choose a couple of these here to look at. Uh, I did, by the way, uh, devote an entire episode previously to the doctrine of the atonement, Um, and I thought that was significant enough to devote an entire podcast to it, but that really, that podcast episode is really a subset of today's episode, so I kind of got the cart before the horse just a little bit. Uh, But basically, uh, the doctrine of the atonement is alive and well inside of uh, the woke church, and it is just expressed in different ways. Uh, But one category that I would like to uh, explore today is um, the uh, category of how the woke movement mirrors religion in terms of defending orthodoxy against heretics. Uh, In fact... Uh, And and this is, of course, a characteristic of good, healthy, and sound churches. A good, healthy, and sound church is going to defend orthodox doctrine, uh, is going to stand on the truth, of course, of Scripture, um, and those who are heretics, those who are false teachers, need to be addressed, they need to be called out, and the church needs to be protected from those individuals. Well, in line with our theme that everything that the woke does is religious, uh, we are going to see that there is uh, a complete system in the woke movement to, quote-unquote, purify the church or purify the woke church by executing heretics. And in many ways, they go uh, even beyond uh, what we would say is appropriate as, uh, as a church. So let me give you some examples of some woke witch hunts where they devour their own. And uh, as a side note here, 
becoming woke or becoming uh, theologically liberal will not protect you when the woke monster is hungry. Just consider this example from the book, The Coddling of the American Mind. We read this, quote, An illustration of this way of thinking happened at Brown University in November of 2015 when students stormed the president's office and presented their list of demands to her and the provost. Uh, At one point in the video of the confrontation, the provost, a white man, says, Can we just have a conversation about... But he is interrupted by shouts of no and students' finger snaps. One protester offers this explanation for cutting him off. The problem they are having is that heterosexual white males have always dominated the space. The provost then points out that he himself is gay. The student stutters a bit, but continues on undeterred by the fact that Brown University was led by a woman and a gay man. Well, homosexual, it doesn't matter. White males are at the top of the hierarchy. End quote. Well, 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 I did not have this interaction on my bingo card uh, this year. The woke are cannibalistic. Here's another example of this. Uh, A stalwart in the fight against Christianity has been none other than the famous or the infamous Richard Dawkins. But As you can see here, he is not even woke enough to satisfy the woke mob. A couple of years ago, the College Historical Society rescinded an invitation to Richard Dawkins, and they cited that the reason for this was that he had spoken out against Muslims in the past. And of course, anyone who knows Dawkins, anyone who has read anything or watched any videos of him knows that he speaks out against all religions. And of course, since we are all religious... Uh, We have to note that he speaks out against all religions except for his own. But in addition to this, Dawkins had his 1996 Humanist of the Year Award revoked because he is, again, not woke enough. Specifically, this was due to a number of tweets that he posted about transgenderism, and he also posted some tweets about the scientific community being pressured by the woke community, and he did not like that too much. And once again, I did not personally have uh, a green with Richard Dawkins on my bingo card this year. Uh, But once again, if you are not woke enough, the woke will uh, execute uh, heretics. Another example uh, is in 2020, there was a woke mob that was protesting in Portland. And uh, you can actually watch the video on YouTube where there is a uh, they're protesting on the street and they get to this house and there's this white liberal man there, and he actually has a Biden Harris sign in his front yard, and he totally gets uh, yelled at and um, uh, not physically but verbally attacked by the woke mob. And it was interesting in the video the man pleads with them to be peaceful and not to destroy his property. And he's indicating to them that he has this sign in his yard, and he's he's essentially telling them, I'm on your side. And actually, in the video, there's a, a second man um, who's in this whole ruckus as well. And he is also saying specifically, hey, I'm on your side. Um, you know, why are you attacking me kind of a thing? But it's interesting that uh, the, the woke mob responded by saying this, They said, quote, asking people to be peaceful is white supremacy, end quote. 
Um, again, not something that I had on my bingo card that uh, we would say or someone would say that uh, being peaceful or asking people to be peaceful is a sign of white supremacy. And of course, there are all sorts of additional examples we could give. The point is that the woke are attempting to preserve woke orthodoxy, which is, guess what, a religious category. They are inherently and inescapably religious. The issue is not then whether you will be religious or not, but which religion will you embrace? There is no such thing as getting away from religion. You can change a religion, but you cannot help but think in religious categories. In fact, some have gone as far as suggesting that the woke movement is more than a religion. It is a cult. This is what is suggested in Abigail Schreier's book, uh, Irreversible Damage, which is on the um, transgender movement. And she talks about the young women who are getting caught up in transgenderism and these young women who have gotten caught up into it and then have come out of it uh, refer to this as a cult and they say they were brainwashed. And again, there is no denying that all of this is religious in nature. And to add to this point, um, there is always something, if you are going to put on this new cloak or this new religion, there is something that you're going to put off. So this means that uh, to embrace woke values and to embrace woke religious categories means a complementary rejection of Christian values and Christian religious categories. Uh, in other words, we might say it this way, the more woke you become, the less Christian you become. And I wanted to compile a list today for the um, w- what I have observed to be the most common Christian doctrines and values that are most likely to be replaced first among the woke. In other words, there are some doctrines within Christianity that uh, the woke won't care about. Um, There are some that they will care about, but we'll get to later on. And then there are some values and doctrines within Christianity that are the first to go. And it's almost predictable that if you are rejecting uh, this particular value uh, in Christianity, that you are also going to uh, be woke or vice versa. So let me give you a list of some things, and I'm sure that we can add to these, um, but this is just a, a couple of doctrines, a few doctrines and, and values here that are discarded. The first one uh, that I will mention is if you are someone who is uh, leaning uh, towards uh, becoming or being woke, one of the doctrines that has to go in Christianity is the doctrine of penal substitutionary atonement. This is, of course, the doctrine where we have Jesus dying for us in our place, uh, accepting God's wrath uh, so that we don't have to, and this is the means whereby he offers forgiveness. Some people refer to this doctrine as uh, cosmic child abuse. Regarding the uh, atonement, uh, again, I gave a whole podcast on this previously, but we'll say a couple thoughts here. Uh, first is a, a, a quotation from Rush Dooney again. He says this, quote, Atonement is thus a covering for sin, and it can be an evasive covering or the covering provided by God. It can be self-righteous or the righteousness of God in Christ. 
man constantly seeks a covering for his guilt and shame in institutional facades. We can add that man seeks in institutional structures an apron or covering for his sin, and the deeper the guilt and shame, the greater the structural development. Atonement as basic to institutional and especially civil structures is an important fact of man's history, end quote. One of the doctrines to fall when you become woke is this doctrine. Perhaps because, in part, the woke are offended by Jesus' free offer to pay the penalty for sin. I suppose they want each person to be held accountable for their own sin. Uh, Again, not much detail here because uh, I dedicate an entire podcast to it. Suffice it to say this, the woke replace the biblical atonement with their own version, um, specifically reparations and anti-racism and so on and so forth. Next, the next domino to fall, uh, again, no particular order, but uh, one of the other ones to fall is a rejection of biblical patriarchy. The word patriarchy means that Christians believe in a father-led home. We believe in headship and submission. Ephesians 5 gives us a number of details about what this looks like. And one note here is that the modern opposition to the family unit, and there is a strong opposition today to the family unit, that opposition is rooted in Marxism. Marxists hate your family. They hate the biblical model for the family. Carl Truman makes this observation in his work, The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, and he says uh, that in Marxist thinking, the traditional patriarchal family is a unit of oppression. Now, there's something significant I want to note here, and I want you to see a theme that is being developed here as we are looking at doctrines that are likely to fall if you are someone who is woke. Um, and I think that there is one theme that connects these doctrines and these values together, and that is uh, the oppressor-victim model is applied to them. So, in the example of the atonement, God is the oppressor. Um, in the example of patriarchy, uh, man is seen as the oppressor, and woman is seen as the victim. And so, the values of the Christian and the doctrines of the Christian that are going to be the first to go are the ones that the Marxists in that moment, the cultural Marxists in that moment, are um, applying their oppressor-victim model to. And so, because the idea of um, man as oppressor and woman as victim is popular today, that is going to be one of the first ones in Christianity to go. Here's another uh, value that Christians have that's going to go. It's surrounding the issue of abortion. Of course, as Christians, we believe that abortion is a sin because it is murder. And ironically, the oppressor-victim model is applied in this situation, but not as you would think. I mean, the the obvious uh, understanding, even if there was um, something in this oppressor-victim model— would be that the mother would be the oppressor and the child would be the victim, because obviously the child is the one who dies. But in the cultural Marxist way of thinking, the mother fits the victim, and maybe society or 
patriarchy or something else is the uh, oppressor in that context. Vody Bauckham tells a story in his book, Fault Lines, uh, uh, how um, one individual's commitment to the social justice movement resulted in his support of abortion, exact point that we're making here. He says, quote, as his commitment to the social justice movement grew, Jackson eventually would abandon his pro-life stance, end quote. Again, uh, these are values of the Christian and doctrines that are the first to go um, because they most closely align with the values of um, the woke. Another one is the issue of homosexuality and LGBT issues. The paradigm here, of course, if we're following the oppressor uh, victim model, is that the heterosexuals are the oppressors and the homosexuals are the victims. Same with transgender. The transgenders are the victims and the cisgender are the oppressors. Now, one of the ways that you see this um, happening in our our culture is um, I I think you see a lot of um, Christian leaders who are in, um, we'll we'll, uh, give the benefit of the doubt, but um, many who have been in transition in the past, and some I'm assuming are in transition, but many who have been in transition in the past have first become very soft on homosexuality, and then years later they end up uh, abandoning Christianity altogether. So there are a number of Christian leaders today who have really soft-pedaled this uh, idea. Uh, One example of this is Beth Moore. Um, She had uh, a prayer book that she wrote a number of years ago, and she had a section in there on uh, homosexuality and explaining that this was a sin. And then she recently um, republished the book and removed the section entirely. Um, Now, uh, she wrote an article on why uh, that was removed, and you can look that up. I can send you a link if you can't find it. Um, But you can look that up and uh, come to your own conclusion on uh, whether she was justified to do that or not. But Again, we have this idea that we're going to begin soft-pedaling on these issues uh, because of the cultural pressure. Likewise, Max Lucado um, had, uh, he gave a public apology for his statements on homosexuality. Um, And actually, I just watched a video yesterday uh, on Tim Keller soft-pedaling on homosexuality in an interview. And uh, you're you're listening to these people giving these statements, and you're just uh, internally willing them as much as you possibly can to just simply say this is a clear sin. Uh, and yet, there's all this soft peddling going on. I want to read you an observation that Neil Shenvey has made. Uh, by the way, I highly recommend uh, a lot uh, um, uh, the work that Neil has done. He's done a lot of work um, on these topics on the social justice movement. He's written a lot, um, interviewed a lot, and uh, really good source for these uh, these things. Uh, Neil Shenvey says, quote, The idea that evangelicals can adopt the analysis of contemporary critical theory with respect to race and sex, but not with respect to sexuality, gender identity, or religion is naive at best, end quote. What Neil Shenvey is saying is you cannot, you, you, you are naive if you think that you can embrace 
the woke movement's view of race, but not embrace the woke movement's view of sexuality because they go together. Now, I challenged, um, I, I referred to uh, a pastor's roundtable meeting or series of meetings um, a couple of years ago that I was invited to and attended. And the roundtable discussion was on the topic of, uh, of the woke movement of social justice and all of those kinds of things. And I challenged that pastor's roundtable on this exact point. And I simply asked a question. I asked the men at the table if they could identify just one organization for me that was pro-woke with regard to racism, but not woke with regard to homosexuality. Give me one organization that says, yes, I embrace the, uh, the, the critical theory paradigm for uh, race, but I reject the critical theory paradigm for homosexuality, LGBT movement. They could not name a single organization, and I'm not saying that such an organization doesn't exist. So if you say, oh, I'm going to find one and then email it to him and say, aha, I proved my point, uh, there very well may be. In fact, I think there probably would have to be uh, somewhere, uh, no matter how small it is, there has to be something somewhere. The, but the point is that um, it is very, 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 very likely that a pro-woke organization in terms of race is also going to be a pro-homosexuality organization. And the reason for this is because they are fundamentally compatible with one another because they both embrace the uh, critical theory paradigm. They both embrace the Marxist paradigm. They both embrace the oppressor-victim model. Both viewpoints draw their values from the same well. Uh, one person said, quote, we cannot be anti-racist if we are homophobic or transphobic, end quote. Again, uh, they're, they're going to execute the heretics. And for the woke, you are a heretic if you are anti-racist, but you reject homosexuality or transgenderism. Vody Bauckham uh, says about this, he says, quote, these views all share the same root, a particular understanding of oppression, end quote. Um, and, that's, and that certainly is true enough. If you, you, you cannot, in a meaningful way, divide these two things out and embrace one but not embrace the other. Um, you're either going to live with a pretty big inconsistency and you're going to get executed as a heretic, or you're eventually going to embrace, um, you're eventually going to bring consistency to your worldview one way or the other, um, uh, either by departing uh, Christianity or um, uh, embracing it. I want to add just one more value um, here or doctrine here that the woke will almost always certainly discard. This one, I would say, if if we're talking specifically about a Christian who is beginning to go woke, uh, this one is going to be um, probably the last one to go, um, but I think it's inevitable, and that is the doctrine of inerrancy. 
And the reason that this one has to go, uh, and of course, inerrancy, um, the Bible is the Word of God, the Bible contains no mistakes, it is uh, our sole authority. The reason that this has to go, and, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it, it rarely goes first, I think. Um, usually these other ones go first. If you are someone who is leaning towards the woke movement and you start to slowly see these dominoes fall, you eventually, um, you know, get, you, you're okay with abortion and you're okay with homosexuality and the doctrine of the atonement you're uncomfortable with and you start to, at some point, you're going to wake up one day uh, see, so yeah, at first you might try to, you may try to say, oh, I think I can make this compatible with scripture. But one day you're going to wake up and say, yeah, this isn't working. There is no way for me to remain consistent in believing in the authority of the word of God and believing in all of this woke dogma. Uh, they, it is impossible for these things to fit together. And so you've got to bring consistency to your worldview in one way or the other. You've either got to say, if, if you're going to keep the doctrine of inerrancy and the doctrine of sola scriptura, and if you're going to stand in the authority of the word of God, you will have to discard the woke dogma. On the other hand, if you say, no, I'm holding on to this woke dogma, then you are going to have to get rid of inerrancy because those two things don't work together. Case in point. Grace Point Church in Nashville in 2015, they released a statement affirming same-sex marriage. Now, just recently, they have followed that up with the rejection of inerrancy. On their social media page, they posted this infographic type thing, the Bible is and the Bible is not. And in the list of things that the Bible is not, they posted, the Bible is not the word of God. And the reason that inerrancy has to go is because it is so fundamentally opposed to the woke. If you are a Christian messing around with social justice, there is a very good chance that within the next five years, you won't even believe in the Bible any longer. These are just natural consequences, natural doctrines that fall with the woke. And once again, to be uh, in line with the theme of our podcast today on wokeism being a religion— these doctrines are not discarded as much as they are replaced. So they are discarded, but they're discarded and replaced by what the woke find valuable by their value system. What wokeism offers is a package deal. Christians ought to think long and hard before they consider embracing social justice. Are you prepared to discard every doctrine of Christianity? Because chances are, if you embrace social justice, one day you will. Christians considering boarding the social justice train need to understand they can only ride as a passenger, not an engineer. You'll be forced to go in a direction you never intended. To embrace social justice is to embrace a worldview, a prepackaged all-or-nothing religion. The new woke religion comes with its own scripture, sin, law, and gospel. You can't separate woke dogma from the values that shaped it. Those who fled Christianity to wokeism because they are tired of organized religion are in for a rude awakening. It's a bait and switch. The leaders of BLM are priests and priestesses of a new religious order. And Jesus has some pretty strong words to say to the person who discards Christian doctrine. In Matthew 12, 30, 
He says, whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. In other words, there's no neutral territory. You are either with Christ or you are opposed to Christ. What side are you on? Thanks for listening to Crossview Radio. I'm John Marino, pastor of Crossview Church in Orville. We meet Sundays at 10 a.m. To find out more about Crossview Church, visit us online at crossvieworville.com.